0: Welcome to the Young Entrepreneur's Journey with your host, Yasmina Ellens. Welcome to the Young Entrepreneur's Journey, where we take the skills, mindset, and attitude needed to achieve any
1: entrepreneurial endeavor, whether you're just starting out or you're already on your journey. And now, our host, Yasmina Ellens.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Young Entrepreneur's Journey podcast with your host, Yasmina Ellens. And today I have the absolute pleasure of chatting with the man himself, Trillstein. He is the king of productivity, meditator extraordinaire, has, is a practitioner of this strange, new, unique sport named bachata basketball. I believe yes. he is the inventor of this. But mm-hmm. the main thing that he does is that he helps entrepreneurs maximize profit by making every minute count. However, I also believe that perhaps the best way for Trillstein to introduce himself is if he talks about his why. Mm. So Trillstein, what is your why?
1: Oh, first of all, thank you. That's the best introduction I've ever gotten. So thank you, Yasmina. Welcome. Um, yeah, so my why is I want to help 1 million people feel happy, fulfilled, and satisfied before they go to bed at night. They enjoy a little TV with their family after dinner guilt-free knowing they've had a successful day and are prepared to do the same tomorrow i help them do this with mj morning routines meditation and building a productivity mindset so they can love themselves <clears throat> so they can love themselves for a job well done
0: that's amazing that's a Thank really you. amazing thing because if your time is your life and if you don't know how to use your time effectively then you're not going to be able to live your life in the most effective way possible so my first question for you Uh, post the why question, which is the first question to ask everyone in this podcast is what originally got you onto your entrepreneurial journey?
1: It's a good question. I was actually probably on the path for a more scholarly life. I always had good grades. I was a double major in college in international relations and Latin American studies. So my path was probably like, if it was like the top of the world, like diplomat for a Latin American country. And if it was lower than that, probably like working at the Washington office of Latin America. But I was in the middle of, I was ready, I was graduating college in 2016. And it's just like, you know, I don't want to solve the cocaine crisis in Colombia. I'm not going to be able to do that. Like nobody's been able to do it. So all the jobs I was qualifying for, I wasn't interested in. But in my last semester, because I had all these credits, I took one business class and I really enjoyed it. I did really well in it. And I was also a fan of a guy named Brandon Carter at the time, a fitness entrepreneur on YouTube, tons of uh, fan, like over 700,000 subscribers. And to make a long story short, I met him in Central Park. I pitched him on letting me intern for him for free for three months. So at the same time that I wanted this free internship, I got offered a pretty cushy job from a family friend, turned that down to work for him. Uh, My mom cried. Like, what do you do when You're working for free for some guy on the internet. Like this is 2016. So, you know, it wasn't as, it wasn't as big as it is now. Nobody really, they still don't understand it, but people especially didn't understand it back then. So, um, I got a lot of flack for that, but here we are four years later, uh, still with him and, and I've learned amazing things from him so much so that I've been able to start my own kind of side niche, which is productivity and meditation.
0: That's really amazing to hear. And I think that is uh, a really smart way to get an in. If you find someone who's a few steps ahead of you, someone you know that you can learn things from and you add value to their lives, that is a, a really, really smart move. And so I'm curious, <clears throat> what led you to this whole productivity niche? Sure. <laughs> did, you, did you used to be unproductive? What was your... I'm guessing there was some kind of transformation. How did you get sure. onto this being your, your why and your message?
1: Yeah, so I guess people would... Would, would have thought I was always productive and I, I was by average standards. You know, like I um with, with, because I'm a huge fan of basketball, kind of my IP is I talk about the Michael Jordan morning routine. And I say in your life, you have four potentials, right? You can either be Michael Jordan, where in any context, you, you literally get every inch of your potential 100%. Whatever you're capable of getting, you get it you could be Shaquille O'Neal where you get about 75 to 80% because Shaquille O'Neal was still a champion and won four rings, but he liked to party and drink. And you know, he, uh, people always talk about Kobe said this before Shaq, uh, before Kobe died, unfortunately, rest in peace. Like if Shaquille O'Neal really dedicated himself hundred percent, they would have won uh, like 12 championships together. So you'll still be a champion, but you won't be there all the way. That, that's the Shaq path. You would go the Vince Carter path where you're like, 50% of your potential. Yes, I, mean, I would imagine in British uh, high school, you probably knew somebody that uh, had a lot of potential. You thought they, they probably had a lot of charisma naturally, but they didn't really take things seriously. And that's the kind of person we say, oh, they had all this potential, but they didn't really use it. That's Vince Carter. Mm-hmm. And then Jr. Smith is uh, you You really not making any effort at all. And you know you, you know what I mean? You taking Henny shots, you sleeping around and you not taking life seriously. We all know the I think most people are in the JR and Vince zone. So if you're a little above Vince or borderline Shaq, people will assume you're doing amazing, but you know, you're capable of MJ, right? So that was me. I was I was Vince borderline Shaq, but I knew I was capable of MJ. And mm-hmm. um, even though I was doing well with my career in 2018, I, I vividly remember in, uh, I was hosting an event cause we, we MC, I MC these events for Brandon. And um, I was just, In that month or two period, I was waking up right before, or I was waking up right at the time I had to leave for work. I was waking up, scrolling on Instagram, Tinder, like not not really, like sure, I got by because I was good at my job, but I knew I was capable of more. And assuming you have ambitious people that listen to this, they can probably relate to that, where everybody around them is like, oh, you're doing great. But on the inside, you just, ah, I know I could be doing more. I know I could be doing more. And that's why I think a lot of people feel guilty when they're on vacation, especially if they're ambitious. It's like, oh, I should be doing something. And I always felt that mm. way. And I hit a really low point where I was, I was overweight. I was spending way too much money. <laughs> Being honest, I was spending way too much money going on dates. I'm sure some guys can relate to that, especially when they first got their own apartment. And uh, it was just, it was bad. I wasn't productive. And I um I was really upset and I realized I was an addict to my phone and social media like I like a legit addict and if you're listening to this you might be an addict. Uh, you know cuz as an entrepreneur you can probably rationalize going on your phone for any reason right? Oh I'm I'm searching for leads on Instagram but like no you're not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Is, is, can you relate to that Jasmine?
0: Yeah. Oh 100%, 100%. Uh it's especially difficult if you're running an online business. Your business yeah. is online so you can't fully separate yourself from the internet or social media in the same way and of course the smarter you are the better your excuses sound and then you find some kind of smart reason for why this is really really important that you do this right now for your business but at the end of the day you're just screwing around and you know that and I think that relationship with yourself that you mentioned is so important because you know potential unused it's just sad it's just a waste and the fact yeah. that it doesn't matter what other people think of like oh my god you're killing <laughs> it you're busting it you're doing so great but you know inside your little heart is just like and it yeah. knows that you could have done so much more and you left way too much on the table
1: exactly so i was feeling that way in 2018 in around june and there's going to be a lot of subplots to this story. I'm going to try to stay on the straight line and not go to Uranus or uh, what, 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 what Pluto. I think that's what Jordan Belfort says in straight line persuasion. Mm. But uh, anyway, um, I was there. And at the time I, I had met this woman that uh, I don't know if she wants to be public, but um, we'll call her K Kay. and Kay, um, I was host. So I, in between these years of 2016 and 2018, I had met uh, Ramit Sethi. He's a New York Times bestselling author. I will teach you to be rich. And um, he was hosting an event in New York and he sent out an email saying, hey, I'd like some help from some volunteers. And I volunteered and I did so well at the volunteer job. I'm very good at emceeing and hosting events that they, the following year when they were doing an event in Chicago, I got an email from the, his team saying, hey, you did such a, would you be the head volunteer? We'll fly you out, take care of your hotel room. I said, that's yeah, sure thing. So I flew out to Chicago, hosted the event there, and I met a woman there named Kay. And uh, Kay came up to me, and because uh, I was a volunteer, I was welcoming people in, and she was like, hey, what's that wristband say? And it said Bro Labs, because that was the name of Brandon supplement company. Bro Labs, that's so cool. And I'm like, all right, this chick is cool. And she says, hey, where do you live? I say, New York. And she said, oh, we should get a coffee sometime. I'm like, great. Now pause for a second. How many times in your life, Yasmina, has someone said we should get a coffee sometime and then nothing happens? Way too many. Right. And I just, that's what I expected, right? I'll just us get a coffee mm. sometime and I'll never hear from her again. She said, awesome. Take out your phone. I was like, what? Yeah, take out the calendar and we'll, we'll put it in the calendar when we're going to get this coffee. And my mind was just blown. Like, I was like, what? <laughs> like, like, you're actually serious? And we set up a date and we got coffee together. And it, it was totally just so I was, that blew my mind. I'm like, oh my God, this person is a serious person. She doesn't just say things. When she says things, she means it. So we got this coffee and we built this friendship. And over that year and a half period, she had been guiding me and helping me. But you know, I knew she was a life coach. Like that was her job in addition to being a musician. And um, I just, at the time in 2018, when I was at a low point, I'm like, yo, I don't want these like seeing her once in a while, giving me advice. I want the real thing, which is a lesson in itself, right? Because if, if you're a coach or you're a business person where you sell people, it's like, do what she did. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like she saw a young kid with a lot of potential that either will just be a friend or maybe a client in the future with no strings attached. She was just helping me. I'm the one that called her and said, hey, I wanna do this thing for real. <laughs> I know you're expensive, I'm ready to pay. And she said, okay, and I went to her apartment. And she told me the price and it was, I'm not going to say her prices, but let's just say it was, I, I didn't have that amount in my bank account. <laughs> like I didn't have what she was worth. So I was, Can I split it in two payments? So I gave her all I had. I know this is a very classic nightmare story marketing thing, but this is actually what happened. So I gave her all the money in my account. I have a video of me putting the check in the mailbox. And over those three months, she just completely expanded what I thought was possible for my potential. And, and in those three months, my brain just thought of the MJ morning routine. I can't explain how it happened, but I woke up one day and I'm like, oh my God, this is it. And I, there's a video on Brandon's uh, Victory Vlog channel. If you look up MJ morning routine, you'll find me just explaining it to my team for the first time. And, um, and that's actually my most popular video on Instagram as well on IGTV. I think it's got like 2000 views and it's nine minutes. So for a video on Instagram to have like 2,000 views and like it's nine minutes long, like it has to be good. I think it's the best video I ever recorded. So I basically explained that MJ Shack thing. And um, it kind of in that moment, I began getting really serious about my phone use and being more careful with it. And then in February of 2019, uh, Cal Newport came out with a book called Digital Minimalism. And I just... That's the most important book I've ever read, in my opinion. Digital minimalism. I'm gonna be honest with you, and I've told Cal this because I've 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 met him over Zoom and I know him. I am just a like a walking, talking digital minimalism version, but with like a Jewish twist. And I dance (laughs) and I do some, uh, but I'm really digital minimalism talking. Like when it comes to productivity, meditation, these are all ways to control social media use. And lower your accessibility to the world because if I could, I could talk about this all day. But let's put it in a nutshell here: Instagram and Facebook, YouTube—they are all manipulating you to become addicted to their products and software to the point where you can't interact as a human anymore. And all I really help people do, even though I help them with different things like meditation and productivity, is control the devices. And control the devices instead of the devices controlling you.
0: Wow. That's super interesting. And there are so many different places that I can take this <laughs> yeah. now. I'm full of questions, but yeah. I guess just riffing off the last thing you said. Sure. Um, when it comes to breaking your social media addiction, mm-hmm. how do you go about doing that? And how can you get yourself to a place where you're controlling your devices and you can limit your accessibility to others?
1: Sure. So I would say the MJ morning routine, highly recommend um, that IGTV of mine. If you go to Trillstein, it's the first link in the bio. But I'll I'll sum it up. Basically, the idea is you make your to-do list for the next day the night before, and I'm going to get into the morning in a second. It's all going to relate. So basically, what I suggest people do is at the end of the day, when when you're ready to wrap up your day, go ahead and make your to-do list for the next day, shifting over whatever you didn't get done the previous day to the next day. And then on the left side of the paper, so the right side of the paper is you know all the things you want to get done. Left side of the paper is every hour listed out you expect to be awake and what you expect to be doing. It doesn't have to be perfect, you can be flexible, but have a plan, right? Once you have that, the first hour of the following morning, the rule is your phone cannot be on. It can't, or if it is on airplane mode without the Wi Fi, no notifications, no nothing. And in that one hour, here's what, is, here's what the rules are you gotta give me at least two minutes of meditation. 10 minutes of movements, some sort of exercise. And then from the following 48 minutes, you can do anything except look at your phone or your computer. I don't care what it is. What I recommend people do when they're first starting, if they're really addicted, is download a podcast that's educational. Download something that's educational in your phone the night before. You can do this. If you go into, uh, into iTunes or Apple Podcasts, you could download the Young Entrepreneur's Journey episode. You could download it. But like not have it on Wi-Fi or the internet on and still listen. Do that for the first hour. And I've taught this to, it has to be hundreds of people by now. And they just say that it just makes such a big difference because your, your brain will be more clear. You're going to have things that were bothering you. You're going to have solutions for them. And that's, in my opinion, if there's a 12-step program to overcome social media addiction, the first step is the MJ morning.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's so true because if you win the morning, you win your day. And once you have control of your morning and you set the direction for the day and you limit the clutter of social media and messages and all that stuff that comes in, you're not allowing other people to take control of your day and, and pollute your mind, basically. You have full reign, which is uh, an amazing thing, I think. So yeah, airplane mode is one of my best friends whenever I'm working. It's always on airplane mode. If the phone could be in another room, it's going to be in another yeah. room. So MJ morning routine is a great thing. What are some, what are a few of the next steps? What are some other things that people can sure. do, whether it's in the phone itself, or mm-hmm. I think I heard you've got a bat phone as well. I do. Which I think it's quite interesting. What are some of the other things that people can do to yeah. limit social media addiction?
1: Sure thing. So people always get confused when they hear I have two phones. That sounds like the opposite of digitally minimal and i understand that but yeah here's here's the bat phone i got michael jordan on the back of it here's the here's the regular phone i got kobe on it and um basically what i suggest is you have a business phone and a personal phone so on the personal phone yeah everybody has this number you know what i'm saying everybody to get the bat phone number like you got to it's got to be business related or you know you i got to know that you're not going to abuse the privilege or abuse the power and the thing is this is kind of an advanced technique because now while I like to keep them both in airplane mode for the first hour, the bat phone will get out of airplane mode before this phone. So it's like, I'm going to see the business stuff before the, I don't know, the friend that wants to send me a cat video, if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I like having a bat phone for that purpose. It's like a, an extra layer of protection. To be honest, all I really help people do is limit their, their accessibility to the world. There should be some sort of screening process like I don't think a world should exist where a random internet troll or even somebody that barely knows you that has your number gets access before your mother does or before your business partner does. There should be some way that people can access you in a sort of restricted screening process because your life is not a democracy. Your life is not a communist utopia. Your life should be a dictatorship. Like you should you should decide. You know what I mean? Like you should decide who gets to contact you first, who gets your time first. I mean, it's, you know, it's only um 10:32 a.m. my time right now, 4:32 British time. And, or no, maybe it's 3:32, right? 3:32, yeah. Yeah. And um, point being I've been up since 6:30 a.m. and this personal phone has not been taken out of airplane mode because it doesn't need to be like, I've got, you know what I mean? Like I've had, I had two presentations I had to make this morning. Okay. So here's, so here's MJ morning in action. Before going to bed last night, I made my to-do list and I listed out every hour. When I woke up I meditated, I went on my solitude walk, which is something I highly recommend. Go on a walk with no distractions, no sounds, no nothing. Get a little bit of working out in, And then I wrote, I made these two presentations that I have to do today for my group and for my meditation group. Right. And now I'm on this podcast. There's no reason why I need to be looking at my text messages or Instagram or or anything like that before getting this stuff done, because this takes priority. It's been scheduled. It's on my calendar. And you know, if, and if people get upset at this. They're like, well, what if there's an emergency? Okay, well, that's why I have the bat phone. But also, if there's an emergency, what the hell am I going to do? You know what I mean? Like, like if it's an actual emergency, call the police, call the fire department. You know, but um, anyway, that's, look, in life, there are pros and cons to everything, right? The pros of me not looking at my phone first thing in the morning far outweigh whatever things my mom gets mad at because I didn't take the garbage out or whatever the case may be. So... Mm. In my opinion, having a bad phone and going as long as you can without looking at your phone first thing in the morning is the best way to help people and help yourself. So I always say to people, I think the negligible small impact you can make by reposting every political thing possible on your Instagram and constantly letting people bother you and distract you and blah, 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 is so minimal compared to the maximum impact you can have if you actually take care of yourself take care of your finances, take care of your mental health, take care of your physical health. And in my opinion, the first step is to overcome your social media addiction.
0: Most definitely. And it's about low impact actions versus high impact actions. Like what's Mm -hmm. you mentioning someone in their story or replying to a comment at a certain time going to do as opposed to you building your value and building your projects and working on yourself so that you fill your cup so that it becomes this overflowing fountain. And then once you've build that for yourself, you can have a way bigger impact and it's about getting the needle movers done. And I find the, Oh, what if there's an emergency thing? So (laughs) funny because if you're sleeping and you're asleep, what if there's an emergency? Well, whoops, I'm asleep, right? It's, it's just an excuse for people not to do the things that they're supposed to do, in my opinion. But the bat phone thing is super interesting. I'm wondering for those who are not dedicated enough to get a bat phone quite yet, What are some other recommendations you yeah, can give people to, to limit that accessibility and create that screening mechanism?
1: Sure thing. Really quick, I'm going to do a side tangent that I probably shouldn't do. but Please do I, it. On I'm, I'm the risk factor, right, In the emergency, All right, look, look at where we are right now in the world with, with coronavirus. What you're seeing right now are people taking risks. Or not, (laughs) because that's what life is. Don't go outside if you're that afraid. You know what I'm saying? Like, like I'm. This is not a political statement, right? I'm saying wear your mask. Don't wear your mask. I guess my point is, it's like in life, there's risk to everything. (laughs) Like, there's a risk to get. You know how risky it is to get in a car? Like, 18 to 25. That's the highest cause of death. Not gun violence. Not terrorist attacks. Like, this isn't a political statement. The point is you take risk every day you do, you go outside. So it's like, you just choose what you wanna risk. So for me, I am choosing to risk someone getting mad at me that I don't respond to their te- text right away. If they can't understand that I'm going for something bigger and that I always get back to everyone, it just might take me a little longer, then we're just not a match, we're just not compatible. So point is, you, you decide what you risk on, you know what I'm saying? There's Everything you do in life has risks. But in terms of what can you do, if you're not willing to get two phones, a T-O-M or ton, turn off all notifications. I'm talking all of them. Instagram, messages, WhatsApp, Slack, email. You know, the only way you should know you have a notification is if you looked in the application. <laughs> that's, that, that's how it works for me. The only way I know I have a notification is if I look. And there's a reason for this. Going back to social media addiction, let me ask you a question, Yasmina. Whether it's Instagram, um, Facebook, the notifications, uh, uh, messages, what color is it always? It's always the same color. If you have a new message in your Instagram account in, in the top right, or if you have a new text message, like what's the color? I'm asking you.
0: The color of the message?
1: The color of the notification that lets you know you have a message.
0: Oh, I see here's the thing. I have not had notifications on for the longest time. So sure. if you're referring to the badge thing in the iPhone, I yes. think it's red.
1: Exactly. It's red, right? Why is it? Why
0: is had it that red? For years. Why yeah. is it red? Because it's an emergency. Yes.
1: So the re- so think about it, whether no matter what the notification is, it's always red. There's a reason for that. Red is the color of danger. Red is the color of fire. Red is the color of passion, sex, love, whatever the case may be. Point is, it sort of tricks you into thinking it's more important than it is. Mm. So if you have notifications on, it's very, ah, I got to look. You know, like that's, that's the reason. So I highly suggest turning off notifications. Another thing you can do is uh, put your phone in grayscale or black and white. You can do this in the, in the display section. And for me, I, I, ha- I have the shortcut on, so it's in color now but I can also turn it to black and white whenever I want to. So I can turn it on if I need it, turn it off when I don't need it. And the truth is you can usually keep it in black and white. Now it's less uh, sexy. It's less addicting when it's either in black and white or the notifications are off. I highly recommend that regardless if you have two phones or one.
0: That's awesome. I love it. Grayscale is one of my favorite things. I love it how it goes from this really exciting phone where yeah. you're like, "Oh my god, it's like yeah. a candy store." And then you put yeah. it on grayscale and you just look at your phone and you're like, Ugh.
1: "Yeah, no, it's, it's not so, It is so
0: effective.
1: Yeah.
0: Um yeah. So transitioning from the social media side, mm-hmm. I know you're a big believer in meditation. Yes. What are some of the biggest benefits of meditation how can that sure. really change your life if you start doing that consistently?
1: Oh man, I think it's the most important habit on earth. Honestly, I think mm-hmm. it's the most important. And this isn't to knock anyone down that doesn't meditate or has tried and they don't. But I don't know, man, like Tim Ferriss says that 90% of his guests meditate and his guests are all world-class performers. On top of that, it's the number one stress-relieving tool we have available. Number one, better than alcohol, drugs, sex and the thing is those things are kind of short term and they release quick dopamine hits whereas meditation it's it's it this is a statistic that has conflicting research but i believe in it has shown to reduce doctor's visits by 90% and the reason i say that is because stress is the number one reason people go to the doctor like stress is 90% 90% of doctor's visits are related to stress so in my mind if you meditate You can reduce that, maybe not by 90%. That might have been an exaggeration, but by a lot. And um on top of that, it's we have it all the time. It's not something where you need to go outside and buy it, just at any moment. (sighs) You can take a nice deep breath. And just by doing that, once I already feel a little more relaxed. You can hear it in my voice. My voice is less. Oh my god, I hope Yasmina likes me and this podcast does well, does well and People, uh, you know, like me and they send me positive views. But if you just a couple of times, your voice gets deeper, things move slower. It's such an important tool. It, it improves your relationships, lowers your stress, lowers your anxiety, um, and improves your patience. You're less likely to get angry or sad or emotional. You're more likely to take a step back and really be in a place of lowering that stress hormone that makes you think, oh man, why did I react that way? If you've ever reacted too strongly or too fast and gotten upset with yourself afterwards, you'll find that if you meditate, that'll, help, that'll happen less
0: often. Mm. Yeah, it's very much getting away from what's going to happen in the future. Oh no, this shit happened in the past to what is happening right now. What do I have control over wherever you go that you are? I think that's an amazing thing. And it's amazing to see the science behind it and Mm -hmm. the changes that occur in the brain from meditating consistently. And I think that's a beautiful thing. So to those of of my listeners or people who haven't really started meditating yet, how can they start? What is a good way to start?
1: Man, they could DM me the word love 2020. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I host a free meditation call every Saturday at 10 a.m. EST or if you're British, 3 p.m. EST. Um, but obviously you don't have to come to that, I'm kidding. Or I'm not. I think it's a good place to go. You've been on them. Do you like them? You think they're good?
0: Yeah, it's really great. I learned a lot. I learned a lot. That was a fantastic meditation. I'm sure it's a great group of people as well. So
1: I'm gonna do it forever. Yeah. <laughs> Either until nobody nobody shows up anymore, or I die. Whatever comes first. But um anyway, if if you don't wanna come to my group meditation call, that's fine. Um <laughs> what you can do is Here's here are the resources I recommend. I recommend the app Calm. I recommend the app Headspace. I recommend um, the book Stress Less, Accomplish More by Emily Fletcher. It's the best book, in my opinion, on meditation for performance. If you just want to meditate to make more money and have better relationships, as opposed to becoming a monk, I recommend Stress Less, Accomplish More. Um, but honestly, all it really is is you're just taking some deep breaths in the beginning getting aware of the sounds around you, getting aware of the sensations of your body. And on top of that, you're really just setting an intention for the day. What do you want to be? Pick a word. You want to be kind. You want to be happy. You want to be grateful, appreciative. And then from there, all the meditation is, is just paying attention to your breath. And anytime you get distracted and start thinking other thoughts, you go back to the breath. And that's really it. That's a guided meditation. That's I mean, there's obviously TM and there's other forms, but that, that's the kind of meditation I recommend when you're first getting started. Just really breathe, take some deep breaths. You can do it now. Hey, do it with me. I know you're listening. <sighs> Listen to the sounds around you. Hear my voice. Maybe you hear cars outside. How's your body feel? Do you feel it in your back or neck? You know, and that's that's all. It's, you're becoming more aware of the. So mindfulness is becoming aware of the present. Meditation is becoming aware and healing the traumas from your past, and manifestation is is basically creating your future. And um, that's a, uh, a rabbit hole I could go down, but I'm not going to. I'm just going to finish answering your question. You can even meditate by coming to my calls or checking out those other resources or doing it yourself. It's up to you.
0: Mm. To make Trillstein do these meditation calls forever, DM him (laughs) love2020. Exactly. (laughs) It's
1: 100% free. There's no strings attached. I don't sell you on anything. I just want to help make the world a better place. They're actually called heal the world meditations because I'm trying to heal the world. That's my goal.
0: That's really awesome. Love it, Trillstein. Love it. That brings (laughs) me to the king of productivity aspect of what you do. Sure. My next question for you is how... Should once after the MJ morning routine magic has occurred, yeah. how can you structure your day to make it the most productive and the most fulfilling possible?
1: It really all goes back to the MJ morning routine. So you mm. win the day by starting at the night before. You make a to-do list. You, okay, so I call this prestige prioritization, otherwise known as PP, right? So a lot of people struggle with procrastination the reason you struggle with procrastination is you're not making your PP. So how do you make your PP? Basically in this to-do list you make, I start with a big to-do list, everything I want to do, right? Don't worry about it being in order or whatever. After that, assign a numerical value of one to three to each thing, three being the most important, two being the second most, one being the least important. So a reason that people struggle with productivity and procrastination is, they'll do things that aren't important before the important stuff. So for me, something that's always a three is meditation. Something that's a two, maybe posting on Instagram. What's a one, ordering socks off Amazon. So the rule is I assign a three, two, or one to everything on my big to-do list. And then when I move it to my PP, I put the threes first, the twos second, the ones last. And then the rule is you can't do a two before a three. You can't do a one before a two. So I can't order socks off Amazon until I meditate. I can't uh, post an Instagram story until I work out. I can't order socks off Amazon until I do my Instagram story. So basically, instead of a scary big to-do list, now you have a to-do list that's an order of priority with a number. And if you want to have fun with it, you can like tally up your points and then see what what was your score for the day and try to beat that score the next day. And then on the left side of the page, as I said before, list out every hour of what you plan to do. And again, if you want to be productive, do the threes before the twos, do the twos before the ones. You know, if to be clear, if you're struggling to be productive, that means you're doing ones before twos or twos before threes. Like you're not, you you do things they're just not that important. Like you're you're messaging people on Instagram, you're watching YouTube videos. I mean a lot of that stuff, they're not even once. That's just extracurricular activity, which is fine if you're doing threes, twos, and ones. What I always teach my clients is it's similar to fitness, right? I think for the most part, it's not a good idea to just say you'll never eat ice cream again or eat food, cookies or pizza. Um, but as long as you get your workouts in and you track your nutrition and you, you earn it. So similarly with me, if I meditate and I work out and I do everything I got to do and I have this amazing meeting with Yasmina and then I host my productivity call and then my meditation call and I get all my work done for Brandon and I help out my friends and family and I take care of that thing I need to take care of. Now that it's 9 p.m. and I've made my to-do list for the next day and I've made my PP et cetera, et cetera, I have an hour to watch basketball. I have two hours to, to BS on Netflix or YouTube. It's, that's my ice cream for the day. So as long as you earn your ice cream, you earn your binge Netflix, I don't mind if you binge. The problem is when you binge first thing in the morning or in the afternoon and you haven't earned it.
0: Mm. Yeah. It's like Charlie Munger's rule. Charlie Munger said grandma's rule, eat carrots before dessert. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's such a key point. You need to make sure that the reward is actually a reward for putting in all the work and the, doing the things that you were supposed to do in the first place. So that's a really interesting tool. I love how you rate things by urgency because I think prioritization is something that people struggle with a lot. Like yeah. doing, not just doing the things, but doing the things in the right order to actually make it an effective day. So that's a really, really great tip.
1: Thank you. This
0: moves me kind of to a lot of people focus their time On bullshit stuff, or they're chasing a goal or an ideal because they think it's the right thing, but they're not really sure it's the right thing. And I think a lot of people get caught in this hamster wheel of, let me chase the money, let me chase this, let me chase the that, and they forget themselves. Yeah. So my question to you is what makes a person truly happy? How can someone find their happiness whilst also making waves in their career, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah,
1: well, that's a very easy question and not loaded at all. So I'll, no, I'm kidding. No, that's a pretty deep question. Um, how How do people become happy? Okay, no, no, I know what you mean. So I think the best way to explain it is to explain my own mistake. So I thought, I thought my goal, my number one dream was to win an Oscar, like acting, like be a movie star. So, and the reason why I thought this was I wasn't always cool, yeah. You know I mean, I wasn't always invited to come on the young entrepreneur's journey. You know what I'm saying? That wasn't my life most of the most of my life. Most of my life I was the weird kid. I was called strange. I, I vividly remember going into the lunchroom and having nowhere to sit. Kind of like mean girls. I went to the bathroom and cried. Actually it's exactly the same thing. I was Lindsay Lohan. And um, <laughs> except I wasn't except I wasn't hot. And uh, <laughs> I was overweight. And um Anyway, the one place where I was not only accepted but thrived was on stage. So my mom made me try out for Cinderella, in, uh, in in middle school, and I got the part of the king. And I made my first joke on stage. I remember I was I was on the stage, and, and the and the wife, the queen, was unhappy, or she was thinking, "Oh, the prince, the prince isn't married yet." I mean, prince, and, and and I was like, I'm like, he's, she's like, he's not happy. And my character says, "Of course he's happy." And then the queen goes well, if he's happy, then why isn't he married? And then the King's response is, if he's happy, why would he get married? And then the whole crowd laughs, ha ha, ha. And I'm like, oh, I got something here. I'm, I'm, I'm good on stage. I'm good at humor. So in high school, I was the lead in all the plays. In college, I was a theater major. And I thought all this time, all right. You, you know, what I lied to myself about was the reason I want to be an actor is to help the world. But that wasn't the truth. The reason I wanted to win an Oscar is I wanted to go on the red carpet. I wanted everybody that made fun of me to see me. And then as I got the trophy, I wanted to be like, "See? See kid in 7th grade that was mean to me? Look at me. I'm important now." And, and you know that you, that girl that didn't invite me to the party? Hey, hey, look, you made a mistake. Like that was the that was the real reason. And that's why I wasn't truly happy pursuing it. It was it for validation. It, and then the reason this changed, it only changed recently. It only changed, like, I want to say, in the last year or so. It, it actually kind of changed. It was changing, but then it fully changed during quarantine on my birthday, where I, I was thinking, okay, why do I want to win this Oscar? Because now that quarantine's going on, I can't go to the studio, and I have to spend more time with myself. Why do I even want this? And, I oh, I want social approval. I want girls to like me. I want guys to like me. I want to be accepted. And then on my birthday, I did a birthday Zoom call with like 20 close friends and family. And I looked around on the call and I'm like, wait a second. I already have all of this. I I don't need to win an Oscar for this person to like me or this person. They already like me. So it's like, okay, now if if that's the case, then what do I really want? And if I already have it, then how do I get more of it? And that's what drew me to the conclusion of, okay, what if I just helped other people become more productive and love themselves and meditate? And again, to be honest with you, I don't know what my complete end goal is, but I know that when I'm on those meditation calls and I'm helping people meditate and they tell me that their relationships improve and they don't yell at their kids as often, that just makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. So to be honest with you, I don't know what the Oscar is now. All I know is I want to help people feel happy and satisfied because that makes me feel happy and satisfied. So I can't tell somebody what's going to make them feel good or what they want to do or what'll make them happy. But I guess what I can say is don't be distracted by the shiny trophy that won't really make you happy. You know how many actors there are that have won Oscars that are fucking miserable? You know how many rich people there are that have mansions that are miserable? Like, and I'm not telling you to not get money. I'm a big fan of money. I'm Jewish, but my thing is, is don't let that, don't sacrifice your happiness or loving what you do every day for a financial pursuit that won't ultimately make you happy. This isn't some sappy hippie reasoning where we should all sit around a fire and go kumbaya. Your boy's a capitalist. You know, I'm, I'm very expensive if you want my productivity coaching. I guess my point is, whatever you do. Make sure it's something that really fulfills and satisfies you and makes you feel good as a person, as opposed to winning a trophy. That's what I would
0: say. That's a really powerful point, uh, especially because a lot of people, they chase that external validation or these little sub desires, these little petty desires, and they don't actually fulfill them in the same way. And it's when I think about people just thinking, I just need to get this car. I just need to get this house. I just need to get this money. I just need to achieve this thing and then they neglect what makes them truly happy on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. And I'm curious because I know you've found a sense of joy in this productivity coaching and the meditation, but I also know hables espanol, you do sí. batata, you, claro sí. uh, you, know, you, you do some other cool stuff that isn't necessarily sí. financially related. And so I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how you balance the two. How do you do those things that bring you true joy in life, and balance that with the the fun, but also the capitalist money making pursuits that you have.
1: See, sí, me gusta su pregunta. Quiero decir la respuesta. No, okay. So podemos continuar. Uh, <laughs> en español? Yes. It's the it's the it's the Hoven <laughs> it's the Hoven <laughs> entrepreneurs <laughs> journey. So oh, yeah, I believe that. Okay, so. I dance, I've done a dance recital before, I bachata, I play basketball, I work out, um, I speak fluent Spanish. I do a lot of cool things. But the only reason I'm in a position to do them is because I've minimized Netflix binging, movie watching, Instagram and YouTube scrolling. So it's actually not, people, how do you get so much done every day? Well, it's because I'm not, it's the things I'm not doing, right? I'm not binge watching Netflix. Look, there are too many fucking shows. There are too many shows. There's too much. No, I, I didn't see it. I don't want to see it. You would love it. I'm sure I would. I love chocolate ice cream too. But if I just scooped it in my mouth every day, then I wouldn't have time to learn how to bachata or play basketball or dance. So how do I balance everything? I think they serve each other. It's like habit stacking. You know, meditation has made me a better basketball player. Playing basketball has made me a better dancer. They They're all related. I guess the thing I would say and recommend to people is, do interesting things in the real world that will make you more interesting to other people, and it's going to naturally help your relationships, help your um, your interest level in other people. I mean, you joked around in the beginning of this podcast. Oh, you do bachata basketball, but that makes me a more interesting person. That I dance and I play basketball and I meditate and I speak another language. Like these are these are all things that if somebody heard it, they could latch onto one. Oh, I'm Dominican. You speak Spanish. Oh. I like to dance. Oh, I also like basketball. Like I'm just throwing things in the ether, which is my truth. You know, think of something small, the fact that I love Michael Jackson and I know all of his albums and his stories. He was the most famous person to ever live. So like if somebody likes one Michael Jackson song and most people do, then now all of a sudden we have something to bond over. So Look, sure, you can bond over Netflix too, but those things tend to be shallow. Like what's more deep? Oh, I also binge watched all 13 seasons of that show. Didn't you like that episode where whoever said whatever? Or what's deeper if you say something like, oh, why do I like Michael Jackson? Well, I can tell you that my whole life I had no rhythm. I was in all the school shows. They put me in the back. And, you know, you know, be, being Jewish, it's like, I get, I can help people in, in I can help people with their law defense and their taxes, but God leaves out rhythm, unfortunately. So in, uh, in 2018, I was doing an event in London, emceeing the event. There was a dancer there. I was helping him with his email marketing. And he said to me, dude, if I helped you with your dancing, could you help me with my email marketing? And then every week for three months, he was sending me a dancing video. I was recording it. He gave me feedback and then I was sending him videos on his email marketing. Long story short, I flew out to Spain to meet him in person, get dance training from him. Three months later, I went back to Spain for a bachata event and I was able to hold my own, which was amazing. And then six months later, I did a Michael Jackson recital to Billie Jean mixing in bachata. And I gotta tell you, ever since I learned how to dance, it's like I speak a different language, I feel music, I feel people differently, it's very spiritual and I'm so glad I'm a dancer now isn't that deeper than watching a fucking show on Netflix? It's, it's so, it's so obvious, but it's so, it's so simple, but people like to complicate it. People like to say, well, you know, what, uh, what's your five-year plan? What, what goal? And then they all got addicted to self-development. I'm a self-development junkie myself, but Your actions are so loud I can't hear what you're saying. This is a writer downer if you're listening to The Young Entrepreneur's Journey. Your actions are so loud I can't hear what you're saying. So you can say to me, you wanna be a more interesting person and you wanna get more things done and you wanna make a ton of money, but what are your actions showing me? If your actions are scrolling on Instagram first thing you wake up in the morning, if your actions is watching every show on Netflix, if your actions is sitting alone in your bed and watching a movie, I'm sorry, man. Your actions are not reflecting the words you said.
0: Damn. Mic drop. Obama trilla out. Bomb. We call those Trillabombs. Uh, bombs. Trillabombs. Bomb. Trilla trilla bombs. Yeah, that's deep. It's so, so true. Making yourself an interesting person by doing the things that you enjoy and doing the things that you truly find interesting and learning those skills make you a more interesting person. They lead to better experiences like the Michael Jackson Bachata recital and stuff yeah. like that. And you know, languages, is a door to the world, it's a door to people, it's a door to culture, it's a door to relationships. And just focusing on those things that really excite you as opposed to wasting time doing stuff that you know isn't in your truest heart, if that's a really cheesy way to phrase it, but you know what I mean, is a, is a really, really powerful thing. It's a really powerful thing.
1: Yasmina has a, a cello behind her, is that a cello?
0: It's a double bass, actually.
1: Okay. It's a double That bass. automatically makes her more interesting than if she just had a movie poster behind her. Now, I'm not saying don't watch movies, but I'm more intrigued and interested in her as a human knowing she's a musician because, like, you should be building skills and hobbies and habits that translate into being interesting in the real world. Mm. I love movies. I watch movies. I, I think movies are a great way to bond with other people and as references but yo, if, if it's between practicing the double bass for 20 minutes or watching a show for 20 minutes, I'll let you decide which one makes you a more interesting human.
0: Love it. Absolutely love it, Trilstein. Well, my last question for you is, what are three key truths about the entrepreneurial journey that you would drop on a young entrepreneur today?
1: Three truths. The first one I already said, your actions are so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. Stop talking so much. You know, I think millennials and Generation Z specifically, they love talking. They're big fans of armchair activism. They love telling you their politics. They love posting on their story and complaining and complaining and complaining. I'm a millennial, so I can, I can say that. You're a millennial too, right?
0: Millennial, Gen Z, one of the two.
1: Yeah, well, you know, same thing. Stop talking so much, man. Your actions are so loud, I can't hear what you're saying. I, uh, I've got a family member that I love to death. I'm not going to say her name, but she knows, she knows I'm talking to her. <laughs> She's listening to this. Recently on her story, there's a lot of things going on right now in the world, right? With the you know, coronavirus and, 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 and racial tensions. And she is very passionate about one of those subjects. She posts on her story all day about it and how wrong everybody else is about if they don't agree with her. And look, I'm not even saying she's wrong. What I am saying is she doesn't have a job and she, uh, she, she's not in a position to make real change. Like she, she can barely take care of herself. So I'm not saying to not be passionate about politics or whatever your goal is, but your actions are so loud I can't hear what you're saying. So you're like, oh, we need to make real change but your actions are, you don't have a job. You can't get out of bed in the morning. And all you do is watch Netflix all day. I'm sorry, your actions are saying you're not going to make real change either. I don't care what your words are. So make sure your actions match your words. Because if you're okay, and this is this is number two, if you're not consistent with what you say, and what you do, nobody will know what you believe. I have no idea what she believes. She claims to believe all these things, but she's not consistent with her actions. So how can I believe she really believes that? You believe in real change. You're not making real change in your own life. How the fuck are you going to make real change in real life? The King of Pop once said, if you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and make that change. Mm -hmm. Don't look at Trump. Don't look at the government. Don't look at the media. Don't look at Hollywood. Look at yourself and make that change, man. Stop complaining about everybody else. Like, make real change. Make real change. You know, my thing was I didn't like how mean everybody was being to each other on social media. I didn't like it. So I created an environment, a meditation call, where only kindness and positivity is accepted. And in a small way, I've made the world a better place. I think because I made a change in myself where I decided to be kinder to other people and not put other people down. And then I created a space for other people to do the same. That's my little dent. And I think that makes a bigger impact than retweeting a political meme. So be consistent with what you say and what you do so uh, people know what you believe. Uh, Your actions are so loud I can't hear what you're saying. And I guess if I had to give a third reason, a third thing is give with no strings attached. Give with no strings, there's no strings attached, none. Be a giver. And don't expect anything in return. I think the biggest shift that I always recommend for the people I work with is replace expectations with agreements. Make agreements with people. There's no expectations. I have no expectations about anything at all. <laughs> like with anyone, I have no expectations. I have agreements. When I sign up a client for productivity mindset coaching, I say, okay, here's our agreement. You know, you're going to, you're going to send me your, you're, you're going to send me this. You're going to give me this homework. You're going to, these are going to be the due dates. And can you agree to that? I don't expect anything. I'm not just going to say, here's what the thing is because you paid me money. Can you agree to that? And if you can't agree to that, let's make a new agreement or let's not work together. It's, it's very simple. I live in agreements and the beautiful thing about agreements is they can change. You can renegotiate an agreement. You can't renegotiate an expectation, carry this into everything. Not just in your entrepreneurial journey, but with your relationships. Hey, you want to be my friend? We got to make an agreement. You got to understand that for the first hour of my day, I don't check my phone. I always will get back to you. I promise I'll get back to you. It might take a little longer. But that needs to be an agreement that you understand if you want to be my friend. Another agreement with me is I put everything in the calendar. But I, I, literally, even, even, even with girls, like a if girl, if I'm dating her, hey, Look, I know this is weird, but I want to schedule when we talk. (laughs) I want to put it in Google Calendar. Like, I know it's weird. I'm a weirdo, but I do this with my own mother. And if you can't agree to that, maybe I'll be open to renegotiation, but I probably won't be. So let's just not, I'll wish you on your way. I'm not the guy for you. Agreements over expectations. So, number one, your actions are so loud. I can't hear what you're saying. Number two, be consistent with what you say and what you do so people know what you believe. Number three, Live in agreements as opposed to expectations.
0: Love it, love it. Those are sort of—that's what I call a triller bomb. That I is that's, what that, I call that, that's like a, a triller missile, bomb man. Right there. Trilla, trilla, trilla trilla missile. <laughs> yeah, trilla, its a triller missile just firing away. That was awesome. Well, thank you so much. At this point, do you have anything to plug? Whether it's your meditation call or something. else? Oh, you mean
1: what I've already plugged? Yeah, <laughs> I, already I'm ready plugged. to plug yeah. again. I'm ready plug to away. plug again. So if you want to come to my meditation call, I'd love to have you. Maybe you have to fill out a form. I got to make sure you're cool. So DM me the word uh, love2020 and uh, you'll fill out a form. And if you're cool, maybe you'll see me there. You'll see Yasmina there. Um, And uh, if you want to work with me one-on-one, you probably can't. (laughs) But if you, because I'm expensive and uh, I don't work with everybody, you could DM me the word time2020. And if you can convince me that you're cool and we can make the right agreement, then maybe we'll work together. Yeah, those, and, and follow me on Instagram at T R I L L S T E E. Follow me at Shirlstein. T-R-I-L-L-S-T-E-E-N.
0: Amazing. I will put all of This
1: was super fun. Thank you for having me.
0: It was so fun. Thank you so much for coming on. I'll put all of the plug things and everything else in the show notes and really, really appreciate your time, Charles Dean. Thank you so Thank much. You.
1: Thank you for having me. Oh, by the way, by the way, am I still on? Are we still on? Did you stop recording? We're still
0: on. We're still on. Hey, yeah.
1: listen, listen, if you're listening, it, I'm not saying if you don't leave a five star review on this show, you're a bad person. However, if you do go to iTunes and you leave the young entrepreneurs journey a five star review and you write a review, that makes you a better person. In fact, you'll most likely go to heaven. If you leave a five-star review for this podcast, I believe that, like, like, I know you've made a lot of mistakes this week. You went to the pub. That's what British people do, right? You went to the pub. You got drunk. You, you, you partied too much. And you, you probably have some things that you need to make up to God for. But if you leave a five-star review and you write how awesome this show is, I think God will forgive you. <laughs>
0: I love it. And especially if you go around and you share this particular episode episode. with my boy Trilstein, you will triply go to heaven forever and ever Yo, Look,
1: look, man. Look, man. You could try to be Mother Teresa or Gandhi and try to save the world. Or you could just leave a five-star review and share this episode. I I feel like one thing's a little bit easier to do.
0: Most definitely. Well, if you want to go to heaven, leave a five-star rating, (laughs) share this episode, let us know what you think. Thank you so much for coming on Tristan. <laughs> Thank you for having That's me. That's it for day today on the Young Entrepreneur's Journey podcast. Peace. Do you ever feel like you put on a front to the world? I did an episode for this podcast with my friend Will Nedder a while back called How to Hack Yourself and Live Life to the Fullest and we were talking all about how many, many people bottle up their emotions. They mask their true feelings and their true selves with a fake smile. Firstly, because going through hard times is not something that people typically want to hear about and secondly, because they're afraid to show the world their true colours. One thing that I really love is that Will likes to ask people, How are you really doing? Not how are you doing, but how are you really doing, because that then gives them the permission to open up, unburden, and be unashamedly themselves, and feel lighter and more liberated in the aftermath. And one day Will himself was actually going through a tough time, and he confessed to the person he was speaking to in that moment, I'm just low-key emotional, I just put on a front all the time. To which the immediate reply was, you should totally put that on a t-shirt. And boom, the low-key emotional streetwear brand was born. Will's passion for his brand truly oozes through in everything he does, and he essentially created this as a call to authenticity. A lot of us put on a front for the world of how we want the world to think about us instead of who we really are. We hide these parts of ourselves from others out of a fear that we will be judged negatively by others or that we won't be accepted for the person that we really are. So I wanna ask you, what's your front? At the end of the day, the low-key emotional brand is all about facing your truth. So if you want to wear clothes like a hoodie, a cap, a bikini that actually stand for something real and keep your hustle low-key, I have an exclusive offer just for you as my podcast listener. With me, you get a 10% discount using the discount code YAS10, that's Y-A-S-10, at the checkout at lowkeyemotional.com. All of the links and the details are in the show notes. I gotta say, I have their hoodie myself. It's extremely comfortable. It looks incredibly hip. I love wearing it. And so if you're one of the cool kids, this is most definitely for you. Again, you can get a 10% discount using the discount code YAS10. That's Y-A-S-10 at the checkout at lowkeyemotional.com. And you too will be rocking the street look in no time. Again, all of the details are in the show notes.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of The Young Entrepreneur's Journey. This episode is recorded in London by Yasmina Ellens. The music for the show as well as the editing is done by Jake Babineau. If you've gotten anything out of this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend or liking it in the iTunes store. These things help more than anything else in reaching a broader audience and in turn will lead to better episodes for you to listen to. Thanks again and we'll see
0: you in the next episode.